Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Uh, we actually have a really awesome guest this week. Um, not on the Zoom call. It's the most special guest we've had here um, yet. So do you guys want to introduce him or... Yeah, yeah, we have um, Jackson Hole with us today, big believe fan, it or right? not. We'll see how this <laughs> podcast goes, then I'll let you know. Fair enough. All right, well, the, I walked ahead. in today uh, thinking we were going to interview Richard, uh, <laughs> that I got turned around on. So, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all said you wanted to interview me. I said there's not a lot of content there because I don't know anything, uh, but... Yeah, I'll go for it. Well, I think that about wraps this one up. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and start with the questions. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, okay. So I kind of want to know your background a little bit. There's a lot of people out there who know Brent. They know me. They've seen us on YouTube, yada, yada, yada. But not a lot of people know you. So what is your journey? Maybe start like... Obviously, you went to high school. What you? What was your plans after high school? Was it straight to doing craft stuff? I mean, I don't know. What What what'd you do? It's a great question. Uh, it is a great question. <laughs> My uh, banker over here is um, <laughs> wondering about wondering about this as well. Yeah. So, out of high school, um, I had a couple of routes to explore. Uh, one was uh, going to. Westmont College. Uh, one was going to Baylor, which I pretty quickly naysayed. And then the other one was kind of going to SMU. Um, and kind of the different routes there was in the California one, the Westmont route. Um, I was going to try and walk onto their pole vaulting team and oh, wow. uh, go do that and maybe try to do the whole sports college athlete thing, um, as well as get uh, an engineering degree because that was kind of what I really wanted to do was uh, go into engineering and uh, looking at kind of those three schools which ended up being my top three I looked at like 10 schools I looked at a bunch but um, ultimately it, it kind of came down to those three and maybe I'm putting Baylor in there retroactively uh, because I ended up wanting to go there when I was at SMU but uh, anyway, the I went to SMU because they had a stellar engineering program. And so I was going to do electrical engineering. I did do electrical engineering for four years. Um, and so credit-wise, I think I've got like a year left maybe of engineering credits that uh, would finish me off in the college thing, have a degree and everything. But uh, God had other plans. <laughs> so... Um, wow. Yeah, so originally, you know, I was looking at those three schools, looking at doing student athlete, looking at uh, just going to school at a place where, you know, it was fun, and then uh, looking at more the academic route, and I went the academic route, um, and yeah, so started going down that, and uh, was working at a summer camp every summer um, out in Missouri, and loved it, and basically... Through that, I heard about a graduate program called the Kennecook Institute where they just do like a biblical studies course um, throughout the 
a year long period. And it's equivalent of like two years of seminary. And I was like, I don't really want to go into seminary, but I really want to like learn about the Bible and have like a year long intensive type study. Um, so that's what I did. And, uh, it was really awesome. So Sorry, I, I'm kind of jumping around. But. No, this is this is great. This is all <laughs> stuff I wanted to know. I was wondering yeah. how you got into the like the K life, yeah, what you can get to. But yeah, totally. Well, I mean, so basically, uh, went to school and ended up loving the summers more than loving school. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but I definitely had much more of a passion for uh, the ministry that I was doing in the summer than the things I was learning in school and. Like, I loved the things I was learning in school. My freshman year was incredible. I, like, there was this robotics project, and, like, the purpose of this class was look what it's like to be an engineer in the real world. And it was, like, amazing. But then you have three years of slog to get through to <laughs> yeah. get to that point, to be the engineer in the real world. And uh, in those three years of slog, I just got bogged down and was yeah, like, all right, this out, is probably. awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a... <laughs> I had a teacher who stared at the whiteboard the entire class, writing equations, talking to the whiteboard. Um, Indiana Jones hat, long ponytail. Uh, The first test came out, and everyone in the class, all together, our average was an 8% out of 100. Um, High standard. I got a 16, so I felt (laughs) pretty good. You kind of made the curve go up? No, the the person who was retaking the class got a 75. They set the curve, but uh, it was... Anyway... So got burnt out. I didn't love it. There, all the engineering professors were not as personable as Mark Fontenot, shout out, uh, who did that robotics class. So I missed the practical application of what I was hoping to do, and I got lost in the necessary skills point. So mm-hmm. ended up loving the summers more than I loved the, the school years. Um, made a lot of great friends that did go to Baylor, which is kind of what gives me that affinity for that. And I'm kind of like thinking retroactively because was I considering Baylor pretty heavily? No, no I wasn't. Okay. Wasn't. That's so funny. It what is funny. Thinking? No, it's interesting to hear. I mean, the, uh, he belonged to Baylor. He belonged to Baylor. He, he would have been a perfect Baylor kid. Yeah. I would have we didn't really there. see it at the time. Um, no, when, when Christy and I went to Baylor, I was a rebel against Baylor. Okay. Baylor had a, uh, was we're much more involved in the Baptist, uh, Southern Baptist Convention kind of leadership. Like there was no dancing at Baylor. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and so there was. Uh, there and you were the guy from Footloose coming <laughs> in, <laughs> ready to dance. He was rebelling against. That. Yeah, I was. You your, uh, your uh, Volkswagen Bug and a cigarette in the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not pretty. Um, and so we did. We didn't look immediately at Baylor and go, "Oh, you know, this would be perfect," but. It all kind of, the light bulb went off for us, you know, probably a year after he went to SMU, like, why isn't he at Baylor? This is silly. And so it was just, it was a God thing. He, it was just, it wasn't the right place. He ended, the path he ended up taking was, you know, a little bit circuitous, but it, bit? but it ended up, he ended up in the right place, the right wife, you know. Yeah, I was going to say you met your wife through all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very ADHD, and so obviously this story is not, coherent or making sense but uh yeah so went to smu loved canacuck and that was what i like was doing got asked to be on leadership my junior year um and went my junior year to uh back to camp and loved it 
And then my senior year came around and I had done like a study abroad program, Knowles, um, after my grades started tanking and everything, uh, this guy sat me down and was like, all right, not paying for another semester at SMU unless you can get your stuff together. I think you use more colorful language <laughs> than that. Um, and I was like, that's super fair. Cause I, I wasn't applying myself. I wasn't, uh, doing the work that I needed just to do. Burn out. Uh, yeah, totally. And, um, so I was like, yeah, great. Let's get a reset. And, uh, so he offered up going to another semester, another school, which I think pridefully I was like, ah, I'm embarrassed to do that. I don't want to like go to another school and graduate from there. I would rather do this other opportunity. And so, um, anyway, went to, uh, Knowles National Outdoor Leadership School. And it taught me a lot of things that I wish I did. I had learned like earlier on, like personal well, I mean, leadership and just Knowles is a really well-known, uh, Outdoor leadership school. They send like Navy captains and yeah, like they send like Army the, yeah, captains. Like the they send military NASA officers. NASA sends there. their teams on Knowles adventures. That's so crazy. that Because what, what his program was, he got sent down to Patagonia for 90 days completely off the grid. And you uh, did that? Yeah. That's and, crazy. And they would do things like he'll see, he can tell the story where it's like, you know, you, you've got these three people and you need to get to this point in two days and you have this much food and. You know, it was near death at times, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it it's hilarious. Like, you know, <laughs> they tell you at the beginning, you are on the most dangerous course. And you're kind of like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then you're on the thing. And you're like, there's some danger. There's some tedious moments. But as you're like with these instructors, we figured out that they had just shut down a Brazil course. And the Brazil course was like... You can get bit by snakes, spiders. The water's bad for you. There are animals on the loose. Just They were just in the Amazon. Their cookware went out. Their, like Everything went wrong. And we were like, oh, we're so <laughs> We're on Patagonia. And we heard all the stories about Brazil. And we're like, oh, my gosh. They were the... Anyway. But all that to say, it, it was. It was really hardcore. We... I can go into a lot of detail here. I don't want to get lost in the sauce, but it taught personal leadership. So it taught like you need to learn how to manage your own stuff because the expedition will leave without you. So if your sleeping bag is not packed and your backpack's not packed, you are now holding up the rest of everyone else and you don't know what's coming. So like you were saying, we were, so it's a, it's a 90 day course. The first four, 10 days are wilderness first aid and wilderness first responder training. So we learn all like the medical expertise that we need to know until a care flight helicopter can get to us. So we know like how to turn a kid staunch bleeding and uh, set bones, put splints in and like carry people out of dangerous situations and all that kind of stuff to get to a, a safer place. But uh, after that you go. And so they, they kind of tell you before this course starts, they're like, hey, you need to be prepared to um, run a marathon. Like, that's what you're training for. And I read that a bunch of times, and I started training for the marathon. <laughs> and the way I trained, uh, Alice is a good friend of mine, is a runner, and I told her how I was training. And she was like, you're training for an ultra marathon. You need to stop right now or your body's going to break down. Because I would run for a mile until I could run for a mile easily. And then I would run for two miles. And then the next day, you know, I'd run for three, run for four. So I got up to where I could run 11 miles, like wow. no problem. And I was working my way up to 12. And she was like, stop. You're <laughs> like, you need to rest. It's not good. So I just kind of stopped training because I was like, oh, yeah, I've overshot the marathon. I'm doing great. 
And we get there, we go through the 10 days of training and then you strap on a 70 pound backpack um, and then you just start walking. So our first day was 11 miles. It was supposed to be five, but uh, they, they read the map wrong. And so, because it's it's student-led. So we've learned how to like do first aid and how to read maps and all sorts of other stuff. And so the expedition leader for the day was like, we're gonna go to here. We're like, great. And so it's like starting to get dark and we're still walking and we're like, all right. And then our instructor's like, all right, we've got two more miles at this point. We can either keep going or set up camp. We're like, let's keep going. And then day two is just a nightmare. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, so we're, but the whole trip is set up. You have 10 days of food on you dispersed among 15 people and you have another food drop that is approximately 10 days travel time away so you've just got to get there and if you don't get there you don't have food and we ran into a couple times where like you had powdered chicken noodle soup and that was like what our dinner was a couple times was like watered down chicken noodle soup and no nutrients or anything like that so there were a lot of crazy moments but it was really fun so that was the first like 35 days and then the next 35 days was sea kayaking. So it was mountaineering and then sea kayaking. Um, anyway, really cool experience, but it taught you so much because you know you learned how to like lead yourself and then you had experience like where you were the leader of the day and you got to lead others. And then you got to hear feedback from the other people on like, hey, when you did this, it was very like a good leadership move. When you did this, it was a bad leadership move. And so you're just like, oh man. Uh, very humbling, very helpful, but overall it was an amazing experience. It was a, a really helpful one. Um, and there's a lot more stories I could tell from that. They're all flooding in my mind right now. But anyway, I got back from that. And so that was January to April or maybe February to April. Is that right? To May? January to April, January, okay. February, March. But I was just in Chile April. for that whole time. Um, you know, walking through blizzards and uh next to sea lions that's paddling. pretty cool it was though. really fun that's an awesome experience it was, it was incredible and it was like it was one of those things where you know pridefully i was like oh i don't want to go like to another college and graduate and then you know it's a total god thing where he was like hey you can go on this experience and get a reset and that's how he phrased it and so i just took it as a reset and just was like all right i need to like learn how to be an adult and not make kid mistakes like not trying and not going to class or whatever. Um, so I learned those things there and it was great. So coincidentally, that was my spring semester of my senior year. And um, I was at like a crux point of like, what do I want to do? Do I want to go finish out or do I want to go do something else? And in my mind, walking into summer, because I went back to, to, I got asked to be on leadership again that summer. Um, and so in my mind, I was like, I want to go, uh, back to school and I want to finish this out because I, I love the engineering side of it and just reflecting over like all the things I got to do out there working with my hands and I thought back to that freshman year class of robotics where it's like this is what I want to do it's really cool I get to like build robots and um, code them and that's so fun well go to camp and uh, they I had a guy come meet with me and say hey we think you'd be a really good fit for um, the institute where, it, where it's just like this really good program you study the bible like, sweet, I want to take my faith more seriously. Let's, you know, dive into that. And uh, so I did. And I was like, okay, let me check with SMU, see if I can take a year off of school and then come back and finish, uh, which was my plan going into it. 
And uh, I checked with them. They're like, great, go enjoy, go do your thing. And it's funny because it was a master levels class, but it was, I, was, I had not gotten my undergrad. So I did the, the seminary year. It was so great. And then in that seminary year, they did like career guidance stuff. And uh, so they sat you down. They're like, what are you good at? Like, what are the things, what are your skills that you like rock with? And they had us write down a list. And then I was an intern for K-Life at the time because they required you to do like a ministry internship. So uh, they the internship meeting happens later that exact same day. And on the screen, they put up like this list of characteristics. And they're like, if you have these characteristics, we think these make like the best K-Life leaders. I was like, this is like a familiar list. I don't know why I'm like, I've seen this before somewhere. So I like reached in my backpack and I pulled out the sheet that I had written down earlier today. And I mean, word for word, it was the That's same thing. Crazy. And then they had administrative skills. And I was like, I don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> everything else, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. So I prayed about it and thought about it. I was like, okay, I think... Guys calling me to go to this. And I told him and my mom, and they were like, I think that's a great fit for you. And I was like, huh. I thought they were going to be mad that I wasn't <laughs> going to finish my engineering, which I think there was probably a little bit of that, right? Like, Not for me. Not from you. Okay. I think she was more concerned that you didn't have a degree at the time. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I still don't. I, I, I'm not sure she feels that way now, but the, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So during that, you said the robotics thing, that was that when you found out you wanted to work with your hands then? Is no, that- I'd always, he always said it a lot. Like I knew I wanted to work with my hands and I was like, great, cool. You heard him saying that growing up. Man. About himself. Yeah. Like, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's interesting. But I remember like working for you in the summers. I would, I was like shop boy. So I was like pushing sawdust around mm-hmm. and, uh, just keeping the floors clean and, and helping unclog the sawdust sucker. What are they called? Dust collection. Dust collection. Anyway, that was like my role. And I remember coming home when I was like 12 working for you one summer. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, That's funny. I never want to work for you. I never want to work. Wow. Really? <laughs> in carpentry. Oh, because you were the I hate sawdust this. boy. Cause, well, and also like I, I don't know. I didn't see the vision for, I, I, I didn't have like an idea of really what it was and, I think now knowing like some of the client side stuff and some of the um, like hundred year window, uh, almost a thousand year window, but um, <laughs> we'll see, right? Maybe. Who knows? It's our goal. After a lot of those things, I started seeing like, oh, this actually is really cool. And a lot of the things that interested me about engineering, I recognize they apply here as well because oh, it's a lot sure. of on the job problem solving. It's a lot of like, let's see how we can make this work, you know? And mm-hmm. I, the idea of like fitting a client to a a type of architecture. Yeah. I still know nothing about building, which is funny, but the, just the idea of being like, oh, no, you like the gothic style? Stuff. Let's let's build you a house that's in the, that fits that, or like, there's no much. Like that's cool, but then also like getting the database of all of those styles. That to me is like the most intimidating part because I think back to the electrical engineering side where I'm like all right, I really wanted to do this. And I really loved it. But in doing it, recognize, I recognized like the tedium of doing it just sucked. Yeah. And I wasn't up to snuff with doing that. So anyway, that part intimidates me about the whole thing, but it's exciting in, in prospect. So you went and did K-Life. In so Denver. I'm currently doing K-Life. So I've been doing K-Life for the past five years, but th- that was why I did it. I, 
was deciding between a couple of different chapters, but ultimately decided on Denver. And now I'm in Denver doing K-Life. Um, I'm the chapter director there. And uh, yeah, so I, I'd be, I will have one more year with K-Life and then I will come. Uh, ideally, in the future, I would like to, to work here uh, with Hull. And so... Uh, there's not a chance. Of, no. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, there's a little bit of like, you know... <laughs> But what I was going to say is, is like, when did you figure out that that K Live, you know, chapter was closing and that you wanted to go come back here and go to North Bennett Street? When did you want? When did that happen? I think that's when he started watching my videos. (laughs) 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. That's when it was. Yeah, I subscribed (laughs) to this guy and finished Carpentry TV. Um, Yeah, I just seriously. Yeah, yeah. I. I don't know. It, it was a it was a really fun conversation that he and I had, um, where I guess you'd been reading some book about um, family businesses. Mm. I guess you've read a lot of them since, but read a few. I think it was in your your head at the time of like this would be a cool thing to. I think I don't I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's always been a dream of yours to like to work together because mm-hmm. um, I'm just a pleasure to work with. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think it's I think it's been something where, where we've always like kind of talked about it and it's always been like an idea that's been out there and then we finally sat down like my second year in K-Life where he was like, "Hey, if you did want to do this, here are the steps that you would need to take in order to make this happen." And he had said, "You know, I would want you to go to do some sort of schooling for this." Um and so I, I think you would like me to go to North Ministry school ideally. Um, which I'm like, that seems like the best hands-on learning, which I've realized is like the best way for me to learn experience where I, it very much interests me. And I'm very excited about the idea of, of potentially going to North Ministry school. Um, but then also he was like, you need business experience. You're like you need to go work for someone else or need to work for a company just to like learn how a business runs and how this works. And so I think jury's still out on how that aspect of everything is going to work together but yeah i think that you know the the thing is is the family businesses they they say that the you're not supposed to go right into that business you should should go work somewhere else and and get experience somewhere else and that's what we were discussing Mm -hmm. and so the 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 thing in my mind was you know you need to bring something to the table totally so you know yeah because it's not a nepotism deal. Like I, wherever I start, it will not be just a VP, right? Yeah. Nail. There you go. Yeah. Just because you're my son. But yeah, so it's it's you got to earn your way in this in this world, in my opinion. And uh, um, and so we we had said, well, he was in Colorado, so I was like, you know, the University of Denver has a construction management program. You know, maybe you start taking construction management classes. And so it, it, that was part of that conversation. You know, what are you going to bring to this thing um, if you did want to do this? You know, and so Christy and I were, were, were wrestling around with what, what did that look like? You know, what, was the, what would be the best skill he could bring to this thing? And, um, you know, ultimately we, we decided that the construction management thing is kind of a, a, another book learning thing and mm-hmm. is not really you know, as practical as what you'll learn on a job in six months, you know, you know, having to manage a schedule and manage a budget. And, you know, you're going to learn on the job much quicker than you're going to learn going to school. And so hands-on fits him. And, and I think 
it also caused me to reflect what is the most important what is the best skill I have? What is my super strength? And it's and it's the information learning I got at North Bennett Street. It's like it's like if I didn't have that, you know, mindset that this is the way things, you know, used to be built and it's probably still the best way to build it, you know, versus the way we build things today, that's the piece that I think uh is the is the real secret sauce. And so this is that conversation, I think, started then, but it's continued for a number of years after that where mm-hmm. we just kind of went, well, I don't know. Hey, hey this is kind of what I'm thinking now. What do you mm-hmm. think about this? And this is what I'm thinking now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and you see the huge value in North Bennett Street that, I mean, really anyone, like even myself as a carpenter, I don't plan to start like a giant business or anything, but I would see the value in going there just because it's going to help you in every aspect of building. hmm hands-on everything joint joinery all that just knowing that is like like you said like a secret weapon Mm -hmm. well we're doing uh um that 1881 uh victorian house and the bottom plate is a you know six by eight beam okay that they then mortise the the studs into the beam and we've got to repair the corners okay well how do you repair the corners you know, the, the foundation guy come in and said, well, we're just going to take out those things. We're going to put in new things. And I was like, no, 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 no. Time out. I go, we got boards that are old growth wood that have been there for 140 years. <laughs> yeah. And you're talking about taking those out? Why? Um, you know, the damage that you're going to cause to the mortise and tenon of the, of the stud going down into the beam. Uh, you know, they're just going to hack that off and it's it saws off. Yeah, like, <laughs> totally. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. How are we going to do it? Well, we're going to take old growth beams and we're going to lap them together. We're going to lap joint. We're going to lap new corners in there. Well, where did I learn that? North Bennett Street, right? And so that you, you know, it's 30 years ago and, you know, that we did that. And, and you know, here's a way of repairing, right, that isn't this new, well, take out that, we need new stuff. No, 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 we don't actually. Um, we're actually going to get old growth beams and we're going to, you know, build this and repair this properly. And so anyway, I, you know, I don't know where you get that information except by doing what I did. Mm-hmm. I go on there. Yeah. And, and all of those things like that gets me just fired up about going to learn there and just be able to work on, because one of the deals is you get to work with uh, a lot of the houses and buildings in Boston and around the Boston area, um, which are all like the classic Northeastern, really cool, well-built houses. And what a cool play, what a cool ability to learn historic historic carpentry on historic homes. So um, anyway, that jazzed me up when he's like, what's your super strength? What's your superpower? One of the things um, that I think I've learned or I, I think I've just seen from a lot of people and I think I've learned by osmosis um, is just kind of how to take something um, and and improve upon it. And I guess I'm not saying this in the right way, but I, I think my point is getting across. But basically, um, tell this K-Life chapter go from uh, or the one I was interning at uh, had nobody in it. And then I brought I came in and watch this guy who was over me take it from zero guys to like 30 people in uh, half a semester. Just wow. Like, well, that's really cool. And then um, the guy before him, the guy that I was just a volunteer with, 
um, took a chapter of eight people and took it up to, you know, I think it was like a hundred kids by the time he was done with it. So, uh, like grew that one. And then now I've done the same thing with Denver K life where it's like, there were 60 kids there when we first got there. And now there's like 300 some odd kids, um, just in like our core base. And so I, I think I've got this ability to like take something and, um, grow it and, and make something more out of it. And so I know Hull is already like a massive company, but there are these like fledgling sides of Hull, like the the historic the hundred year window, um, and potentially future hundred year door and other things like that. That I think I have a skill set of taking something small and growing it in big, um, or just you know. Adding well, I on think to something. The, I think the other I, I agree you do have that. I think that the other thing that I thought as far as it, that I learned about K Life was that you know. It's like a it's a client simulation. It's it like, totally is. It, I, mean, I was it, thinking that it, while you were it, explaining. It, it is there a tougher client than a mother who's mad because her son's been you know bullied or something? Right. Right. Yeah. That that you know that you know they're coming to you going what the going on here? <laughs> what you know what kind of what have you done to my? Right. And you have to calm them down. You have to explain what's what the thing is. You have to you know go find out what's wrong. You got to fix a problem mm-hmm. right there. Discipline the others. Yeah, and, like, and so there is. Uh, but the he's got a board. He's got to answer to right mm-hmm. clients. You answer to you know. And so he's got the angry client. He's got the the patron client. He's got these. Uh, he's he has had to deal with he's he's got leadership issues right he he has three people working underneath him i have three people working underneath me and i have 40 volunteer leaders working underneath them as well so wow. we've got a so sizable there's, operation there's that we've- like he's learned skill sets that that will will dovetail perfectly oh, yeah. into the challenge of, of, of any industry of really. any industry yeah. right I, of taking care of customers i do so. think more than all of the like growth ability i think those were like stuff that I learned innately, but I think one of the things that will complement Hull really well is um, just the interpersonal leadership things that we've learned um, just through different things. And um, I don't know what I'm allowed to bring to the table if and what at what stage I will be able to implement some of the things that I've learned. Because um, obviously when I come on, I'll just be an employee there, and uh, but I'm going to try my best to work up to a position of leadership to where I can hopefully implement some of the things like uh, just – inner team conflict stuff that uh i'm not i don't think it needs but i think has been ultimately beneficial um in my field uh which is super well helpful. i mean it, i am looking forward to that i mean that's not my skill set at all right i am <laughs> i'm a hands-off manager i just you know go do your job you know you know Call me if there's a problem. Yeah, right? you know just, what to do. Yeah, you know what to do. And yeah. so, you know. That, that, well, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, no, that is, that's one of the styles. Like, you can, anyway. Anyways, I've been training but, in a way where I'm like, oh, no, that can be leveraged really well if you only do X, X, X. So, I, I guess what I was going to say is that, uh, you know, um, I am a, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to the energy, right? And because I'm 57, right? I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the tail end of my career, maybe 15, 20 years left, you know, and so I, I look forward to someone coming in and reinvigorating, you know, Windsor, uh, Craig Flynn, you know, he took over his dad's business when they were, you know, a West Coast, you know, you know, fur molding company, right? Mm-hmm. And he got into their business and looked at, you know, um, the board market, right? And, and the Windsor board and all that stuff and really developed something from this framework that his dad had and built it into something really great. 
So, you know, that would be the 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 energy he's wanting to bring in is is something I can see it too. that I look That's forward awesome. to that I'm just like yeah, look, I'm I'm I don't have the energy to go to go start things again like I used to and so as you get older, but anyway. So how many years do I have left to start things before I I would say like turn into mid-30s, an you start to feel it. Yeah? Yeah, I are you just there? started you starting to feel yeah, it. Yeah, I just started to feel like I don't want to do that. <laughs> like how old are you? I just turned 34 Monday. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I don't remember when I got tired. That's interesting. Um, I feel like you have to like use that energy young or it goes away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I can already, I like, it's weird. You do feel it fading away. Mm -hmm. Like just like the, like I, I kind of, it's kind of a funny term, but it's like my give a crap meter. Like I just don't (laughs) give a crap. Like, you know, like I just, right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Part of that is wisdom, right? You learn learning what to care about, learn, yeah. learning what matters, learning what doesn't. But mm-hmm. um, I would think you're just at the early things of that of just yeah. starting to go. You know what? Hours in the day, I'm running. I'm not going to go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a really weird thing. Like I remember, I'm going to talk about me for a little bit. And please all about you. <laughs> jump in. <laughs> no, I just remember when my kids were like really young, and I was in my 20s which it's so cliche, but people, you know, it's true. It just, it's a blur almost. I was working so hard to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I kind of like didn't, re- I didn't neglect them, but I didn't spend as much time as I wish I would have with them. Right. Whereas like now I'm like, you know what? F- forget this. Let's go kick the ball. Like, yeah. like let's do this. Right. This is awesome. So yeah, um, it's a good thing to realize. But mm. anyways, you're, um, so your path is North Bennett Street. And then you want to kind of come here and work. That's what it's looking like right now. That's I'd, cool. I would love to go. I, I mean, we always say we're holding on to it with open hands, right? Like, <laughs> I, I would like to do it, but ultimately, you know, what God has is going to be where we go. Um, yeah. And we'll pray about all the decisions that we make. But um, it's kind of funny. It's I've always had kind of like a five-year plan. Um, and I just remember like when I was proposing – to my wife, I, you know, asked for her hand from her dad and I kind of like came to him with my five-year plan. I was like, Hey, don't have a degree. Don't have like provision, you know, like in the classical sense, but this is the way that I'm planning on <laughs> providing for your daughter and you know, all this stuff. And he is like, okay. Right on. I know I have no money and yeah. no plan <laughs> and no job, but I'm a good guy. I mean, I, 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 Hopefully, I plan right? to take care of her. And uh, what do you think? And he's like looking at me like, ah. no, but yeah. That's so so funny. I, I think that's like our five-year plan right now, right? Is uh, go to North Bennett Street and then go apply to work at Hull. And, um, or you could start another thing called Hull, another mm-hmm. competitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just Hull doors and windows. Because he's got Hull Historic Millwork, right? So that one's off the table. Or maybe I could remake Hull Historic. The 101 year window. (laughs) Just one up and like the price is right. So, uh, you know, when you guys are making. These these are hilarious. (laughs) Thanks, Richard. Where do you guys source your window panes from? Just you're like not going to share any information with them. At Thanksgiving is really like heated. Call your suppliers. Don't talk to, them, <laughs> to Jackson. Don't. And my son's going to call you. <laughs> Hi, yeah, this is Bryn Hull. Um, <laughs> sound a little younger, I know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. 
So, you know, here you are, the apprentice on this show, right? Yes, sir. Um, and you, you, you lay out this plan. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you think you, you'll become the journeyman? Uh, well, by the definition of that term, I will become the journeyman when I go to North Bennett Street School. Wrong. Dang it. <laughs> because I'm traveling to another place. No. And I'm learning my You're school. starting your apprenticeship. Ah, journeyman is when I go to Hull. When you leave North Bend Street. Or go to yeah. No Work by Design. Uh, a good one. The, uh, yeah, when you... Um, I'd have to come back as when a you, uh, you go to Apprentice <laughs> and... Um, Black Belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is he a level nine? A level nine carpenter? And that is highest level? I think he said, yeah. yeah. I think so too. It sounded like I was talking about. I think yeah, t- I think there was tens. It was one or through was ten. One through so, ten. Yeah. Um, level ten sounds better. That level nine sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons term. You know, like he's a level nine carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Ready to I don't that? know no, what no, you're talking no, about. I have no idea. <laughs> There's someone in Australia who's like, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Um, so, what is what? What are your trepidations? What are you What are you concerned or anxious about? Um, you know, great question. I think one of the big concerns is, uh, going to school again. Um, I think that just terrifies me. Um, and more from a sense of like, man, I just feel like (laughs) reflecting on electrical engineering and everything that I learned there, it was so awesome. And I learned so many good things, but I wasted a lot of money, uh, by going to SMU and not having a degree to show for it. There's a lot of skills that I picked up and a lot of things that I've learned that are applicable and helpful, and I think I'm smarter for it. But at the same time, that is a it's one of those things where you look back, and you're like, "Ooh, that just sucks," you know. So, so I think going to school again is another thing where I'm like, "Am I going to just go waste more money?" And I'm going to go like, "Well, you got to be committed, my, right?" My pot, you know, it's my money. Um, now it actually matters. It's your money. Yeah, no, now it matters. No, but you know what I mean? It's like, wow. Okay. Oh, it's a commitment. I well, mean, what is it, two that, years? You know, it's a commitment. It's two years. And you then have a child have a now? Child. Yeah, and and so it's not just, you know. But I, I will say, inspired by the two of you, I am going to – I mean, I'm excited about my time in North Bridge Street because I do think one thing that I – I was always like a programs guy. I was always like a – like front and center on the stage guy so i do <laughs> case in point right here um i tried to sit there <laughs> but but i do think uh I, i'm gonna try and start a youtube channel i've already I've already started it I've got my stool video locked and loaded you guys worked on your stools at all no um, no stool from you guaranteed maybe well i was on a job site with and brent was there earlier this uh-huh. week and uh he the stool came up and I said, <laughs> I haven't started the stool. And he said, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I have a loose stool. <laughs> it's floating around here somewhere. We'll find it. It's a loose stool. Uh, okay. I, the, the, the plans there. Oh, sorry. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll discuss how we do our stool video, which we planned on doing tomorrow or today. Who knows? But, all that to say, sorry, I am planning on doing a YouTube video uh, and doing a YouTube just channel about my time at North Bend Street School. So I am very excited about just that alone um, is an exciting prospect because um, I think you guys have some awesome YouTube followings in the carpentry realm, um, 
which is just encouraging to me because uh, that's another area that just gives me joy and gives me um, just sparks life. So uh, doing that and working with my hands together is like a cool fusion. So um, anyway, but I'm hoping that that will monetize and help uh, pay for my family while we're um, at North Ministry School. And also because it's just a cool thing to do, like to share with people what we're yeah. learning and just yeah. document your journey. Totally. Mm-hmm. I exactly. want to see it. I want to yeah. see what it's like there. Yeah. I've heard so much about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be awesome. I don't, will they let you record and stuff there? It's a great like, question. I don't know if anyone's um, done much with it. They, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they'll want you setting up a camera in the classroom. I mean, I'm not going to sit in the back of the class right? and audit. And, and with, so, yeah. So, but, but, but no, just I kind mean, of journal. Yeah. Type I th- thing. I'm more thinking like I, I've seen like the shop settings right and i think setting up like a time lapse in there as i'm like working on something is yeah. a very th- uh, applicable thing that i can just talk through and do like kind of voiceovers. Sure. but then also like independent projects that i do do work on i think would also be really applicable especially like if i have a home shop or something like that where i'm able to work and that's so. what i did and uh we had a basement ha- house with a basement and i just had tools down there you know finish class go down there um so anyway and chip away chip away yeah so i'm sitting there thinking about you know your our viewers your your our viewers our listeners and we kind of, kind of kind of what they're learning and what they're going to pick up i guess i reflect i mean north ministry is kind of a cheat tool right it's a it's a it's a carpentry hack mm-hmm. because i feel like you're going to learn more because i felt like i learned more in two years than most guys pick up in 10 years mm-hmm. right and so that documenting that journey will be very interesting, I think, for people to to see the things that yeah. you're learning to do. And, you know... Uh, and that's the channel name. It's going to be called Carpentry Hacks. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it'll just be interesting. Um, it'll just be interesting. It will. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm interested to see... I don't know. I'm inspired by a lot of guys on YouTube. Uh, I think you two have really interesting channels. And then um, William Osmond is another oh, guy yeah. who I think does a really good job of... Uh, very craft Yeah, guy. he's very craft. He's the engineering side of craft. Yep. I mean, and that's all my algorithm is, is like all... It's like Michael Reeves, <laughs> William Osmond, and like all the engineering YouTube guys. But um, I love the way that they do their videos i think it's very informational but at the same time helpful which is the same as y'all's right where it's like very informational very helpful um so hopefully the, it's a similar thing like that but it's very practical yeah like on the job this is what i'm doing and this is why i'm doing uh, almost like some of your early 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 videos just straight tutorials totally yeah yeah yeah, I think when you come back, you're gonna we're gonna switch roles probably. I'm going back know. to I'm going to be, you're gonna be the journeyman because if I mean I believe it. I believe you're gonna learn so much there. Mm-hmm. It's it's stuff that we would never touch, you know. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, and it, and it, and maybe that's the that's the whole key is just the the background. That's what I try to do on my channel. Is just like. Look, it, it, don't just put a gutter up on your thing. Here's the reason why gutters look the way they look so that you can figure out how to put it together, right? So you're not just nailing a gutter to the side of the, right. you, know, you know, to the fascia. Right. You are thinking about, you know, why is there a molding shape in your gutter, mm-hmm. right? Why, what is that? And then you look back at the old things, you go, oh, gutters were originally made of wood. Gutters were, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's what I'm trying to, 
infused in the in in our building knowledge and that's mm-hmm. what i think is missing a lot that guys don't understand the history uh, of of why we do what we're doing and we it's just become a plastic thing we nail on the fascia mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to catch water and we don't think about it architecturally or historically the way they did it's it's actually really funny hearing you say that because i mean currently my field is ministry but uh every one of my talks that i give uh <laughs> That that is usually my like go to on how to explain like a Bible verse is I go to the historical context of it and it's just really f- the gears are clicking for right now for me where I'm like, oh, you're interested in the same thing. But also I wouldn't say I'm like classically interested in like the history of gutters, but I'm interested in the history of things. And so I think whenever I go to North Bennett Street School, they're going to be like, hey, this is this. I'm like, oh, well, why do they do it that way? Well, this is why. And then, Oh, and that's really going to fascinate me because I'm already doing that. Yeah, with there's like a lot of aha moments there yeah. for sure. Interesting. Okay. Well, cool. Record as much as you can because I'm not yeah. going and yeah, it'll be kind of a way for us to get in without going. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Free classes <laughs> online, right? Uh, yeah. The, uh, the North Bend Street School is just, it's such a cool opportunity and I'm really excited about that. Uh, and I'm also just excited to see you know, how things go there. But that is one of the things that gives me the most nerves. I'm excited to, to see you go in as like knowing nothing. Truly. No, just well, just no, knowing nothing, well, but then coming out, I want to see like what you know when you come out. That's, that's another cool. fear, quite frankly, is... The pressure, maybe? I don't know anything. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like I'm going to go in and a lot of these guys are going to be like, yeah, I've like done a little bit of stuff here and there with this. And I'm going to be like, I just came from doing youth ministry. So like, <laughs> I don't know... I don't know anything about this. Well, you know some stuff. I do know some stuff, but I feel like I get a lot more credit than I deserve because of him. And I do feel like I'm going to walk in and... and I, but I'm not nervous about asking dumb questions. I don't give you any But credit. I think I am going <laughs> to... Because you've made it known that you don't know anything. I really don't. My, my so, advice to, to you, uh, I've been thinking about it, is... is you know, don't say anything. Just, you know, <laughs> don't don't uh, open your mouth because here's the thing. You've learned like architecturally some different stuff and things like that. And you might want to say something. Just nope. Like, just be quiet. You're, you're saying you're saying your worry is that I know a little tidbit here and there and it's going to look like I know more than I know. Enough to right? be dangerous. Yeah, because I'm I'm saying here and I'm going to be like, I, I am thinking I'm going to ask as many questions as I can because I don't know. Like, I know enough, like, I don't know. It's one of those things where if I'm talking to a marine biologist, I could be like, you know, alligators have two eyelids. And then they're like, oh, he knows a lot. But then I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know what. Like, you need to tell me more things because I want to know why that they have two eyelids. You know what I mean? That's a bad yeah, example. No, but you know no it, that's actually a good example. I just don't want you to go into class going... Alligators have two eyes. (laughs) You know, and they 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 go, tell me about it, and you're like, I I can't. I don't know anything about it. I just knew I don't want to be like that either. I want to know. I want like I don't know. My mindset is I'm there to learn, so I want to learn. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. You know, everybody's everybody's scared there because they don't know what everybody else knows, (laughs) and so you know, you're like you want to know stuff because the teachers are so knowledgeable and you're like, it's cool stuff and you're there because you want to do it. Yeah. But no one really knows anything. Yeah. Right. If you're taking that, you yeah. got to no be a little bit beginner. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't really, I knew more than, you know, but, but like I had, I had built things, wood things with my hands and done stuff like that. But, um, 
I didn't I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so then and, and there's nothing wrong with not knowing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah. they're gonna say, you know, who knows what the piano noble is? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean the bellotage? Because <laughs> I know. Um yeah, it's the piano nobile, uh, as Wikipedia oh, told wow. me. Yeah. It's um, not nobile. Every me. I was Googling, I made the thumbnail for that video, and I was literally Googling Piano noble, piano noble, piano noble, and I got nothing. I got pianos, literal pianos, and it's piano nobile. And you know, I'm I, we were probably just saying it wrong. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I know that's how it's spelled. But I'm like, I could not find it <laughs> anywhere. And I was like, I knew it wasn't a word. And then piano nobile popped up, and I was like, oh, maybe because <laughs> I ended up having to search um, noble floor, and then that was how I got there. Oh, weird. Which was funny but yeah did you know in england they call the first floor the second floor i didn't that's what it said on wikipedia so there's that anyway (laughs) uh can i tell one story from patagonia before we uh finish off yeah okay we had done the mountaineering section first that was the first 35 days it was awesome they uh they prepped us for everything they taught us how to use crampons and like walk on a glacier and like figure all of it out Tampons? Crampons, not tampons. <laughs> uh, they go on your shoes. They've got the claw, the spikes, the metal spikes on your shoes. That's what called a crampon? Yeah. Okay, did you, not know You that. strap them onto your mountaineering boots, and then you can walk on glaciers because glaciers are super dangerous. But we get to like this, this point where it's like a midpoint, and it's like we are mountaineering now. Like it is we are in the danger zone. And we spent about five days here because of storms, and we're like – I've got three days left to get to, or like we budgeted three days. Technically we had five days of food, but we had three days to get to our next point. Um, and so we're like, okay, we do have to start moving here. But in those like days where we were camped out training and everything, we had learned like how to traverse glaciers and all that. But as we're learning it, we're like on this like safe part of the glacier and we're like having a blast. And our teachers are telling us about like moulins, which are these things that are literally ice holes. And they are so smooth because the, the ice slowly melts and rides across the surface of them down into the abyss of the glacier. So like you've got like 150 feet of ice that is the glacier that you're walking I on. I can't believe you did this. And there's like That's a giant, so crazy. and no matter how sharp your crampons are, no matter how good they are, if you walk too close to a moulin, you will fall into it. Like in Ice Age, you know when they fall into those holes? Those are moulins, but there aren't like slides at the end of them. It's not like- It's rocks and death. No, it's two glaciers pressed up against each other that are slowly grinding against each other. So if you fall into it, it's like those metal grinders and you just die. And you are lost forever. And th- so they're telling us this, and we're like, <laughs> we're like, that day they're there. I can't believe they let us, you do that. I know. That's well. I remember. How old were you? They, uh, twenty. Okay. Yeah. And like, I can't some of the kids they were seventeen. That. It was crazy. That's insane. But, so it's one of the days that we're like ice climbing. So like we're using ice picks and we're like having a blast, and it's like, oh, it's like Call of Duty. We're like loving this. And then they like sit us down, like, all right, we're gonna cross the glaciers next. There are crevasses. There are moulins. And you can die. And we're like, <laughs> we're like all happy that we just go like really serious. So we're figuring it out. So they, uh, we, we make our move. So we move from this like little rock that we're on in the middle of the glacier to like the actual glacier. And we're going to summit this peak and then go down the other side and 
basically we're at the end of the the mountain part. So we start going and we like get to the very edge of the glacier, the last bit, and they go, all right, everyone needs to pick up five rocks with them because your tent can't be staked into the glacier. So you're gonna have to like use rocks to stake down your tent tonight. We'll figure it out. So we get up there, we, we make camp, and then they say, all right, we need to start digging. So we start digging out like all this snow and we literally dig out like down into the ground an area for all of our tents to go. And so we're sleeping on the glacier this night and uh, the only thing that you've got in between you and ice is your like little mattress pad. Um, they're like, it's trial by fire. So there's so much information they're throwing at us, but they're like, all right, you, if you go to the bathroom on the glacier, uh, you have to go like within these certain boundaries that they've set out because there could be crevasses or moulins or whatever. And, uh, so we're, we're like, okay, this is like the real deal. We had to boil our, we had to cook snow in order to get water because there's no water on a frozen glacier. So we like did that. That's how we cooked our meals that night. We only had a limited amount. We had a certain amount of fuel that we had. So we're like, you know, water fuel ratio. How do you balance that? So we figured that out. Then at night, your water will freeze, but that is your water that you're drinking tomorrow. So if you don't want to waste any more fuel, which none of us did, you have to sleep with the water. So we drew straws. Wow. So I slept with the water that night. Funny enough, it got a leak in it. And so I was sleeping soaking wet with our water <laughs> thing, uh, just get cold as ever. So woke up after a night of no sleep and we start summoning this mountain. So we're like walking up it and they're all saying like, uh, this is a place where only 30 people in the world have been and y'all are 15 of them. And we're just like, what in the, That's like, crazy. I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere. It was awesome. So we summit this mountain and as we are getting to like the very top, we're on rope teams, by the way. So like if one of us falls down an accidental crevasse, like you've got to arrest and there's four people, like you're dangling from a rope and you're figuring out, um, one of our guys got stuck up to his knees. It wasn't a bad one, but they did have to arrest. It was crazy. So we get up to this summit and then it starts blizzarding, like full on blizzard, like the snow's coming in. And we are at the peak of this mountain. We are at the highest point of it. So we had to be lowered down by rope teams. Our instructors had to go ahead and make like a stairwell for us out of snow so that we could like safely get down this thing. So all of us are huddled up waiting for our instructors to like go down. They're like belaying each other down to like get this thing. And we like bring one of our instructors over to our circle at this point where we're all just like huddled together, like freezing cold. He's like, like, how do we stay warm? He's like, do what you're doing and eat sugar. So we're like, great. So we all start eating like our sugar candies and all sorts of stuff, like staying warm, trying our best. Uh, meanwhile, the wind switches. So the like area that we're waiting in turns into a full on wind tunnel. You can't see here. Like you're, it's just like full snow. You can't see anything. So then one by one, they lower all the groups down. And so we're in the last group, we're three dudes, so they're like, y'all are gonna be fine. So they, we're last, we, we go down this thing, and uh, we're going down like the, the ladder, or the stairs that the guy has made just by kicking his feet into the snow. And uh, we make it to the bottom of it, and there's still like 400 yards till like where everyone else is. And they're like yelling at us, but we can't hear them. And one of the guys barely makes out, he said, I think they said jump. We're like, what? And so we're literally just looking at a 400 yard down snowbank, and uh, we're like at the bottom of the ladder and they're like, jump, jump, jump. Like, All right, so we jump and just literally slide down 400 yards 
like the side of this mountain and uh and then they're then we like get towards 100 yards out and they're like arrest 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 so we like put our our uh little ice picks in and we're like stopping ourselves so we all stop we're all roped in together we're like all right we made it and uh so we start walking again and we're we didn't say jump we said walk no they said jump (laughs) because there wasn't any more ladder we were supposed to slide down the remaining of it so we get down to the end then thunder comes in so it's starting to thunder and we're just like all right well we can't do anything we just got to keep walking um so we asked our instructor later, he was like, we we're like, why'd you say arrest? Like we, we would have kept sliding. That was awesome. He goes, yeah, there was a crevasse like, you know, 200 more yards out. So you kind of needed to stop or else you could have fallen in. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, a crazy moment of just like summoning this mountain. We ended up making it to this like rocky area off the glacier, but that one night on the glacier was insane. Uh, you know, sleeping with water, freezing cold, Huddled together in the blizzard is is wild, but it's super That's cool. That's crazy. Good stuff. Good stuff. So the apprentice has spoken. Yeah, yeah. That's his story. Sticking to it. So they say. Thanks for watching, Passion for Craft podcast. Join us on Patreon. Get in the Discord. Get on the conversation and check out some of our other videos there. So. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.